to Life Lessons. We're Jen and Sherry. I'm Jen Stevens, a retired teacher of 28 years and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat. And I'm Sherry Bullock. I've worked in healthcare for over 26 years, and I've been an active volunteer for many organizations. We're both wives and moms, and let's face it, we're the glue that holds it all together in our homes. In our careers, we have always been problem solvers who help others. And that's what we'll be doing here, answering questions you didn't know you had, one smart solution at a time. We're always looking for ways to make our lives easier, help us be more productive, or improve our health and wellness. So, let's live our best lives, one day at a time, and let's have some fun along the way. Hi, everybody. We are so glad that you're here today. Welcome to Episode 58 of the Life Lessons Podcast. I'm also super excited, Sherry, that this is coming out on January 5th. Of course, we recorded ahead of time, but (laughs) when this comes out... You know what yesterday It will was? be, I know, the day after release day. Cleanish. So this is our first cleanish episode, and I'm so excited. You're like, what, three weeks out from release day? Yeah, because we're recording this, and it's not Christmas yet. I'm sitting here in what my is it, the Santa baby sweater. Today is the 15th of Janu- uh, December. I'm trying to live in the future. We're recording on the 15th of December. I've got my Christmas mug and my Yeah, so less Santa. than three weeks. Yeah. Well, exactly three weeks. It's exactly three weeks from today. It right? comes out on a Wednesday. I mean, it comes out yep. on a Tuesday. Today's oh, Wednesday. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yes. Yes. For 20 I days. Of, I was thinking of the day the podcast came out. I forgot. Yeah. 20 days. Oh, my gosh. I hope people like it. I feel like people will just because the people who have read it, including people who don't know me, like, you know, what's his name? The guy, Abel James, <laughs> you know, the fat burning man. Do you know him? Yeah. He read it to interview me for his podcast. And he was like, I loved your book. So... I'm hopeful if people that don't know me liked it, that the people who do know me will also like it. I took a picture of a page last night and I sent it to a friend because my my name was on it. And I said, look, my name is in this book that's getting ready to be a New York Times bestseller. Well, we'll we'll see. Let's don't jinx it. I don't know if if it will be. It's the power of positive thinking, Jim. I hope that it will. I would love for it to be. I really want a fast feast repeat to be. I feel less urgency about it now just because it already happened one time. So if it doesn't, it doesn't. I feel like this might be one that gets off to a slower start and then builds. We'll see. I mean, I think it has the potential to reach more people than fast feast repeat even just because not everybody wants to do fasting, but everyone wants to be healthier. So I hope that it reaches a very broad audience, which is why I fought for it not to have fasting in the title or not to be a fasting book. You know, my editor very much wanted it to be a fasting book. And I'm like, no, no, it's not a fasting book. Yeah, I wanted people who didn't think they wanted to fast to pick it up. But there's that sneaky, you know, intermittent fasting chapter in there since intermittent fasting is self-cleaning. So they might be fasters anyway one day, but we'll see. Yeah. Anything new going on with you? No, just, you know, puppy duty. Oh, we did get some good news. I don't know if I even told you this. Eric is likely not going to have to have another surgery to repair the nerve in his arm. You did not tell me. The last thing I heard was you thought he was going to have to have surgery and it might be permanent damage. Well, somebody dropped the ball. He had some nerve conduction testing done before Thanksgiving. And at that point, it did not look good. And they were referring him to a nerve, hand nerve specialist. 
And somewhere in the line of that happening, somebody dropped the ball and we waited and waited and waited. And finally we called and they said, oh, you haven't heard from anybody? Come up here. Let's talk about your results. I don't think he wanted to give them to him over the phone. So he went up there and before he started talking to him about his results, he did a quick assessment of his hand and he's getting mobility back in his hand. He's able to lift his three middle fingers. He still can't like abduct his thumb or his pinky, but it's coming back. Sensation's coming back. He's able to kind of open it and grip things with it better now. And the only thing that changed was he had this pretty restrictive brace on for several months after surgery. And like four days after he did the nerve conduction test, they took that brace off. And after they took the brace off, within about 48 hours, he started getting some movement in his fingers. Oh, that's good. I personally think the brace was aggravating Oh, yeah. The nerves in some way. Well, I know that's good. I know you don't want to have more surgery. Yeah, I mean, we're not out of the woods yet. The doctor said, let's give it a month and let's see where you're at in a month. So, yeah, I mean, with any luck, things start to fire back up in his hand and his arm and he gets used back and no more surgeries. That's that's our goal for our goal for 2022 is no surgery free Eric. (laughs) (laughs) And how about no injuries? No surgeries, <laughs> exactly. no injuries, no bones. like nothing not like that at all. Deer. <laughs> no, no. We want it just to be a good year of we nothing. a good mellow year. Yeah. Yes. Calm. For the whole just, world, really. Can we wish that for the whole world? We absolutely can. 2022. Yep, for everybody. So I want to talk about something just real quickly. This is the first time we've recorded since this happened, but, you know, our essential oils episode came out and... It just came out as of the date of the recording this, and I got a fairly negative email about the episode, and also somebody in our Delay Don't Deny community acted, you know, mentioned they were surprised that we would do an episode on essential oils like it was a negative thing. So it made me realize that some listeners may equate essential oils with, like, the snake oil days of olden times, you know, when people are, like, with their snake oil salesmen. So I wanted to take a minute to share some of the science with y'all so that you'll understand that the use of essential oils is research-based. So I went to PubMed, where I always go to find important things. Like if I want to find out the science behind something, I go to PubMed, or I'll type in what I want with the word PubMed. So I typed in essential oils PubMed. And one of the first things that popped up, it might be actually the very first, it was a review article from the Yale Journal of Biology and Medicine, June of 2020. So we know Yale is putting out good stuff. They're reputable. And the title of it was Essential Oils and Health. So I want to just read a quick quote from the conclusion. The quote from the journal article says, after they go through all the ups and downs, they say, essential oils have a variety of effects on human health. As it has been demonstrated in many studies, these oils have many psychological effects, such as reducing anxiety, treating depression, and even aid with falling asleep. Additionally, they have also been shown to possess antimicrobial, antiviral, antioxidant, anti-inflammatory properties, and used as an alternative to synthetic insect repellents. So, I mean, that's pretty huge. And then they go on to say, as there are many proven health benefits to essential oils, there are also adverse effects. And they go into that in the review article as well. As an example, certain essential oils may be endocrine disruptors, which means they interfere with our normal hormone function. But, I mean, that's like, you know, ups and downs with everything. All essential oils are not the same. Well, and can I say that was one research article on About the endocrine disruptors? Right, in prepubescent boys, and it was one very small 
study that was done. Specific oil, too, as well. Right. And it's not that been— That doesn't mean that, that in general— That study has not been recreated. And then I want to say, too, Jen said she goes to PubMed. What's important about PubMed is they are peer-reviewed articles. So it's not like one person writes an article and conducts a study and they just publish it. No, they are peer-reviewed articles. So you can trust the information that you're getting from These are from, from the PubMed. top journals on PubMed. PubMed right. puts them all together. So anyway— antimicrobial, antiviral, antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, you know. I love that we talked to Dr. Kelly because I had one immediate application of what we learned from her, and that was essential oils dangerous for cats. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. The very next day, I'm not making this up, Chad put essential oils on the necks of all of our cats trying to, because we were having the flea issue. Well, some are safe. But these were so not. you just have to figure out he which ones He did not use the are. safe ones. I was like, ah, oh, stop. So I had to, like, wash all the cats, and I showed Chad the science. But I, I wouldn't have known that. Like, it can damage, what was it, their kidneys, their liver. So I am I learned something that I, I didn't know. So anyway, I just wanted to put that out there in case people felt like, you know, we were getting into pseudoscience or something. We're not. We promise you. And, um, you know, there's a lot we that people may not know. So if you're ever not sure— PubMed, that's a good place to do some research. And now it's time for our weekly good news segment. Today, we have a contribution from Sue McElroy from Cheverly, Maryland, and she wrote, yay for flight attendants. You always hear amazing stories about all of the wonderful things flight attendants do in the air. This story is about a flight attendant who was late for work herself, who helped out some worried travelers. My husband and I were rushing to the Miami airport after dropping off the rental car. While on the shuttle to the terminal, we were talking about how close we were cutting it and whether or not we'd make our flight. Overhearing our conversation, a lovely flight attendant, I wish I knew her name, offered to help. She asked us what our flight was. Mind you, she was a flight attendant from a different airline. We told her our flight. She glanced at her phone and she said, oh, that flight has been delayed two hours. We both breathed out a sigh of relief. We would make our flight. We arrived at the terminal and we went our separate ways. And afterwards, waiting for our very delayed, almost five-hour flight to take off, I thought about how she was like an angel, arriving at just the right time with the information we needed within seconds to calm us down and slow us down. Thank you to the sweet flight attendant flying out of the Miami airport who was called in on your day off and was running late yourself. I love that. You know, people are just so helpful. I agree. I agree. I think people will help when they can. Yep. So listeners, we need your stories. Send your good news story to connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. And we really do need your stories. You know, we're, we're hitting the bottom of the barrel. Send them in, please. <laughs> and I don't mean like like they're not all good. They're all excellent. But I mean, we don't have very many more in the barrel is the point. Right. <laughs> we're yes. almost I had to out make of a, stories. I had a plea to the community the other day, and I to, had to show them that I'm not fibbing. I had to show them my empty email folder and my empty contribution file folder. And I'm like, I'm empty. Guys, yeah, so we got this one, and that was great. But we need them, we need your stories. It can be anything companies that have given you exceptional customer service, a shout out to a special someone in your life, tell us an amazing story, or share anything that might be inspirational to fellow listeners. We look forward to hearing from you and sharing your good news in an upcoming episode. So, before we get to the life lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast. And it also goes very, very nicely with our life lesson of the week. And it is Branch Basics. You know, so many people want to make changes, especially once you read Cleanish, you're really going to want to make changes. And I certainly did after realizing how I was a victim of greenwashing. 
or false claims on bottles that make you think they're better and they're not really. So I was looking for something that made it so easy I didn't even have to think about it. I wanted products that work, but they're they're going to be very safe. So I found Branch Basics and I researched to see what might be out there. And then I emailed them and I'm like, I'm hearing really good things about your products. They're safe. Would you send some to me? Because they've got to work. And they're like, sure. So they send them to me. And thank goodness I loved them. And so they have all these different bottles that you get in their starter kit. And it has like, you fill it up with water and then you add a certain amount of the concentrate. And the concentrate is what's the magic. Every one of their cleaning products starts with that same concentrate from their laundry detergent to their amazing glass cleaner that really is streak-free. And you put like one drop of the concentrate in there and it's amazing. So the products work. I add essential oils to them, safe ones, I might add. <laughs> I add some antimicrobial, antiviral, antibacterial oil blend. Me too. To mine. Tea tree oil is, is one that I put in my bathroom cleaner. It's one that has those properties. And I like peppermint for my, you know, like all-purpose cleaner because it just makes me feel happy. The scent of peppermint gives me a little uplifting feeling. Can I and tell I also... you what I put in my kitchen hand soap? The one? Yeah. Well, I was using lemon, but then I went to the beach with you and you had peppermint. Yeah. And I loved that because it just like brightens up your day. It does. And I, it makes you feel like invigorated. But I like the lemon for cutting like smells off my fingers when I'm cooking. So I put lemon and peppermint in it. And it's kind of like, I don't know. I like, I was like, I don't know what this is going to be like, but if it's awful, I'll just dump it out because it takes Start such again. a little amount of yeah. concentrate. I like it. It's like fresh and bright and I love it. And Eric's always it. like, "What? what is this? What do you have going on here? I'm like, don't worry about it. Just wash your well, hands. Well, yeah, I love it so much that I've replaced everything at home with it. And also at the beach, I have it there. So if you go to jenstevens.com slash branch basics, the most current offer is always there. We'll have it in the show notes. They, I think they're changing their offer in the new year, so it might be different. Right now, the promo code cleanish, you'll say 15% on a starter kit. But if that doesn't work, jenstevens.com slash branch basics is where I will always have the most up-to-date offer. So anyway, it is now time for our life lesson of the week. I'm so excited. And Sherry usually introduces the life lesson of the week, but I'm going to do it this week. So it's the first week of our Cleanish book study. And if you're listening the day the episode comes out, it came out yesterday. So don't worry, you aren't expected to have read anything yet because best case scenario, you got your copy yesterday. So we understand that. So we're going to be continuing the Cleanish book study every even episode through episode 68, though we are going to skip episode 66. So we'll all the way up through 68, but not 66. And there's the more in-depth book study going on in the Delight on Tonight community that you can still join at any time. Go to jenstevens.com slash community. Use the promo code cleanish to save 15% on the cost of your membership. And if you join as an annual member, that is just under a dollar a week for both intermittent fasting support if you're an intermittent faster. But if you're not, you get the cleanish book study and the ongoing support there. By the time you finish the cleanish book study, you probably are going to want to dabble in intermittent fasting if you're not already, since it's our best self-cleaning mechanism, I believe, out there. So in the community, we're going to be doing the book study all the way through the end of March. I planned it all out yesterday. And I mean, it won't end at the end of March. It'll probably keep going as people continue to apply what they've learned. So like the guided part will end at the end of March, but then it's the application step where people will be applying it and I'll be there to answer questions and that sort of thing. Right. And because of the way Circle Community is set up, too, you can go and search, like, 
prior posts from Jen. You can see any cleanish post she's ever made, and you could jump in the, the book study at any point. You could start with week one when we're in week eight. It's Exactly. So today's episode, since the book just came out, we're going to kind of set the stage for what is to come between now and episode 68. Episode 68, like I said, will be the last one, and that will air on March 16th. All right, so let's talk about cleanish. So why don't you start by telling the listeners what it means to be cleanish? Yeah, I think that's important. We've all heard about clean living and clean eating, but the full title of the book is Cleanish, Eat, parentheses, Mostly Clean, Live, parentheses, Mainly Clean, parentheses is not in the word, it's just actual parentheses. (laughs) That might have sounded weird. Let me read it again. Eat mostly clean, live mainly clean, and unlock your body's natural ability to self-clean. Imagine that mostly and mainly are in parentheses. Anyway, the ish and the mostly and the mainly, that's the part that makes it doable because we're never going to be perfect, and the good news is that we don't need to be. So when we learn more about the toxins that are all around us, we might start to get afraid, you know, like, oh my gosh, where, what am I getting exposed to here, there, and everywhere? Like I'm in a hotel and it smells like the maid sprayed something. What's happening? You know, we can't live in a bubble. We're going to be exposed to funky chemicals here and there. I, I rode in an Uber when I was in um, Tampa, Sherry, and it had like all the air fresheners in the universe in that Uber. We were all like, thank goodness we were I all know, wearing masks. <laughs> because you were required to wear masks. So I'm like, this is the time I'm ha- happy to have on a mask, although I, it wasn't blocking the smell. But you can't live in a bubble. You know, we didn't say, pull over, we have to get out of your Uber. But the thing is, we're going to get exposed to funky chemicals you wouldn't have in your home. It's inevitable. But we can lower our overall body burdens or toxic loads by being intentional about what we put into our bodies, making changes in our household cleaners and our personal care products, which you and I have both talked about here on the podcast, our branch basics, our beauty counter, that sort of thing. It's not hard. It's not as daunting as you might think that it is. It's actually kind of fun. And the products are great. I think that's the thing that makes it, when you find product, for me, it has to work. And I know you're the same way. So you can't just say, hey, this product is clean. You need to use this one. Because if it doesn't work, I'm going to be like, well, okay, but it is snake oil. <laughs> it's not It's not cleaning like it's supposed to. So that's not helpful to me. And I'm going to break out my old trusty cleaner that does work. So that's the thing like Jen and I like really prioritize is we want it to be safe for our bodies, but we also need it to work in the manner it's intended to work. And the products are out there. And, and it is some kind of fun to find them. And once you latch on to one that works, you're like, this is it. I don't have to think about this anymore. And you can move on to another product. And that'll be the power of doing the community book study together because we'll be able to share ideas together. That's what's going to be really fun. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. So in the introduction, you tell us the story of Will as a toddler. So explain what happened and what you did about it. You know, this is what really got me going down the road of understanding the effect that chemicals have on our bodies. You know, we all know certain things or carcinogens or, you know, we've heard all those, you know, real dangers like lead. You don't want lead in your water that sort of thing. But I had no idea that chemicals could affect your behavior. I mean, that sounds kind of dumb when you think about it, because we know like if you take drugs, it affects your behavior. If you drink alcohol, it affects your behavior. But I didn't know that for children, if you use you know artificial sweeteners, artificial flavors, artificial colors, I didn't know that could affect your behavior. So we found out because Will was getting kicked out of daycares, he got kicked out of two daycares and a private school that kicked him out twice when he was young before we figured this out. 
So we ended up having to change his diet and the, the products we used around the house because he reacted to these chemicals and it changed his behavior. It really saved our lives. I talk a lot more about it in the introduction of Cleanish. And, you know, that, that story, you'll, you'll need to read the whole thing there. But, you know, my editor said that every person over there at the publishing house that has read Cleanish, like, they're like, wow, that story was very powerful to them. And, and hearing about the difference that it made and really cleaning up what he ate, what we used in our homes, his shampoo, all of that changed our lives. Now, what's what's kind of ironic is once he got older, he, quote, grew out of it. We went back to everything normal again because I didn't really understand. You know, it, it's a process. It took me a while to get there. It no longer, he no longer reacted to it in a behavior way. I'm like, oh, now we can just use everything normal again. And mm-hmm. I wish I had learned a little more at the time, but it is what it is. You know, that part of the book really resonated with me because my son was very sick when he was little with asthma and allergies from the time he was born. And he had a lot of immune issues. He didn't build immunity. And as I was reading through that part of the book, and I thought back to Parker, and you talk about the gut microbiome. And I thought, you know, and Parker and Will are a lot alike in their schooling history and their kind of attitudes and their food issues. And I thought, you know, I needed this book when I was raising Parker. I wonder how his childhood could have been different. I know. And and as a teacher, I saw it with so many kids. Like if their parents just had the knowledge, and I would share it with people all the time, but not everyone wanted to hear it. <laughs> Yeah. So we have all heard the phrase, better living through chemistry. However, chemistry is kind of why we're in this mess. So talk about the 2018 Breast Cancer Prevention Partners Report. And what is the significance of that report? Well, that report, the Breast Cancer Prevention Partners and the Campaign for Safe Cosmetics, they wanted to see, you know, what's really in some of these products. So they they purchased a whole wide variety of common products that people might be using and had them independently tested. Like think of things you can get at a big box store that you're probably is what we're, you know, most people are putting in their carts. Um, so I go through all this completely in Cleanish, but I want to share just a few of the highlights. So they found that each product had between 46 and 229 different chemicals. Now, that doesn't mean that all those chemicals are dangerous, right? Not all chemicals are dangerous, but that's a lot of things. (laughs) My brain exploded when I read that. I know. I was like, to think that one tub of, let's say, lotion could have 200 chemicals that made it up. It's like, you don't think about that. No. And here's the part that really blew my mind. Many of the personal care products, like the things you're putting on your head, your face, your body, actually had more unsafe chemicals than the cleaning products, which is like you would not take Windex and spray it on your face. You just wouldn't. But some of these products that you're rubbing on your face might be worse than the Windex. It's crazy. And maybe not Windex. I wouldn't. Don't put that on your face, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say they might have been on to something. Maybe not Windex. The fat Greek wedding. I don't know. I haven't run it on my EWG app. (laughs) No, but they found in these products, these are common over-the-counter products. They found carcinogens, hormone disruptors, respiratory toxins, developmental toxins. And the very worst product they tested out of everything, remember, they also tested cleaning products, was a children's shampoo from a hair relaxing kit targeted to children. Crazy. Yeah, that really is. That is crazy. I'm sitting here thinking now, my mother was a hairdresser, and from the time I was very young, like four years old, she would 
give me perms in my hair. And yeah, oh, I got I perms. I can't even imagine all the crazy stuff she put on my head. And she no. didn't think she was doing me harm. No. But in the Better Living Through Chemistry chapter of Cleanish, you go into details about how widespread some of these problems go, just like beyond personal care and cleaning products, such as the exposure we get through air, water, foods, and even within our homes, such as when we use air fresheners, nonstick pans, or as furniture off-gases, as a few examples. So what happens as our exposures to toxins increase? And that's just really something important to keep in mind because we're not just exposed to one thing at a time. You know, like they'll do a safety study on something and they'll test one chemical in isolation as if that's all you're exposed to. But instead, that's not the way it works in the real world. And we just saw, what was it, 40-something to 200-something chemicals per product, right? So we're just bombarded all the time. So in cleanish, I, I thought of an analogy to really explain it. Like what's happening as these toxins are coming in our bodies. So... You've seen the the scene from I Love Lucy where Lucy and Ethel are in the chocolate factory. Oh, yes. That's and they've favorite. got to process the chocolate, and it's going by, and the conveyor belt starts speeding up, and they can't keep up with it. And it's just more is coming than they can wrap or whatever they're doing with it. So they start shoving the chocolate down their shirt, in their hat. They're sticking it everywhere. In their mouths, you know, they're sticking it everywhere. And at the end of the scene, they're like, you know, they're all puffed up. Like chipmunks. Yeah, that was coming in faster than they could process it. So your body is very much the same way. Imagine, you know, your body is Lucy and Ethel trying to process these toxins coming up. You know, they're coming in faster and faster than your body can keep up with. So your body has to do something with them. If your liver can't keep up, your body might be stashing these toxins in your fat cells to get them out of the way. And the more they stash away, just because they can't, your body can't process it, your toxic load, your body burden goes up. And so, you know, that can actually be a, a big problem related to, to weight gain. You know, we, our toxic load goes up because we're stashing these toxins away. And, you know, our, our body fat is not just inert, just sitting there storage. It's, or it's not just storing the fat. It has to do with a lot of things in our bodies, more so than we even realize. So... I love your analogy about your toxic load being like a bucket. Talk about the bucket analogy. I first heard that when I was reading a book about chemical sensitivities with kids back when Will was a toddler and I first learned about it. They called it the bucket effect. So think of your toxic load as being contained in a bucket. Some people have a bigger bucket than other people. You might have a big bucket. Somebody might have a tiny little bucket. But you can handle however big your bucket is. So as more toxins come in or whatever your body's dealing with, your bucket gets more and more full. So eventually you're going to get to the point where your bucket is completely full. And if anything else comes in, your bucket's going to overflow. So when your toxic load bucket is full, any more toxins coming in, that's when you're going to have some kind of health consequence. You know, for Will, it was behavior issues. It might be allergies. Maybe you have unexplained weight gain, brain fog, headaches, Hormonal problems, so many different things can be related to your your bucket being full and overflowing. As it overflows, you're overflowing with symptoms. But the good news is you can lower the level in your bucket, and that's the whole point of cleanish. We're going to put less in through our foods and through you know, what goes on our skin, what, what we inhale, and we're also going to help our bodies take some of this out. You know, we're going to support our body's self-cleaning mechanisms so we can solve a lot of these issues and now our bucket won't be full anymore. So for me, the best example has been my seasonal allergies. I've talked about this before on intermittent fasting stories. You know, intermittent fasting is a powerful self-cleaning mechanism. I haven't had seasonal allergies since 
I guess the last time I took allergy medicine was 2016. My bucket is lower. My, the level in my bucket is down because my body cleans every day. And I also put less in now because I'm more careful about what I'm using. And so my body can handle pollen season without me having a, a runny nose or sneezing or my bucket overflowing into these allergy symptoms. You know, as you're talking, it makes me think of autoimmune diseases. They are seeing more and more autoimmune diseases today than ever before. It's like drastically increased over the last like 20 to 30 years. And people are starting to experience autoimmune disease when they're young. And I can't help but think there's a correlation. With, with all the stuff around with us. Yeah, toxics. babies are born. I talk about this in Cleanish as well. Babies are born with toxins in their cord blood nowadays, like so many different things. I go into a lot of details about, about that study, but we don't want our babies to be exposed to things if we can help it. They're going to be. We're all going to be. But babies are starting off with their bucket has stuff in it already is the point I'm making. Right. They're not at ground zero when they're born. They don't start with an empty bucket. Yeah. And it's not our fault. No matter how hard we try, it's, it's the environment again. It's not, you know, we shouldn't feel guilty about it because we're, we're all doing the best we can. But it's just, you know, as you learn more, there are things you can do. So as we get into further episodes, we'll talk more about what goes in. In episode 60, the topic will be household cleaning products and personal care items. And we'll explain some of the issues and what you can do about it. And then we will tackle the issues related to chemicals in our foods and ultra-processed foods in general in episode 62, as well as how to choose a healthy diet while avoiding disordered thinking about foods. And from a girl who was a very disordered eating in my past, as far as food fears, this is huge. Like, Yeah. Well, it really, I mean, I have, have you gotten to, I know you're reading through Cleanish now. Have you gotten to the chapter where I talk about orthorexia yet? I have not yet, but I mean, I know that was me. There were so many, I had watched so many documentaries about, you know, scare tactic type fear mongering documentaries about different foods that we eat. So I was like, oh my gosh, I can't ever eat that again. And I can't eat that again. I can't eat that again. And your book, Feast Without Fear, actually really, really saved me from that. So I'm glad. Well, I hope that this one does too. But, you know, there's the part of me that's worried. I don't want people to be like reading all this and now they're afraid and now they're in a bubble. So that's why I included that chapter about orthorexia, just because we can get so like, well, no, that must not cross my lips. And remember, right. we're clean-ish, right? Right. See, and as I was listening, I was like, or as I was reading, I was immediately thinking of my Perrier water that I drink, probably, you know, five, 16-ounce bottles a day of this. And I started reading, you talk about, you know, contaminants in bottled water, especially carbonated water. And I was like, hmm, well, I could go back to making soda stream water on my own. But that doesn't mean it's going to be better. not buying it. That doesn't but mean see, it's going to be like, better. But I get the water out of a five-gallon <laughs> water jug right. from... The grocery store. So what about that water jug? And then yeah. you go down this rabbit hole. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not going to worry about my water. I'm just going right. to drink my water. Exactly. I'm going to worry about some other things. Exactly. And that's the whole point. Worry about the things that you can easily change. You know, I also, I buy my Perrier or my San Pellegrino or my Kirkland brand, you know, whatever Chad's buying it when it's on sale. And and I buy the plastic bottles with people might be like, oh my gosh, Jen's buying the plastic, not the well, you know what? I don't like the big San Pellegrino in the in the glass bottle because it's too big and it doesn't stay fizzy. I like a smaller bottle. I will get it in cans, but 
nowadays these bottles are not lined. You know, these are not BPA. You know, they don't right. have the the more dangerous plastics in there. And that all came from consumers. Consumers who are like, we don't want this. So they're all like, well, okay, we won't put it in there anymore. So when we start giving pushback, companies change. You know, you remember, I don't know why it suddenly needed to be an intermittent fasting topic, but when Consumer Reports did that study about brands of water and the contaminants that were in there, like, I mean, all humans drink water, so I don't really know why that was intermittent fasting related other than the fact that we do drink water and sparkling water, but everybody was <laughs> freaking out. And I'm like, well, first of all, this is not about fasting, so calm down, everybody. But <laughs> but also, those companies that were found by Consumer Reports to have higher levels of these chemicals, they fixed it after that came out. They were able to lower them. So that's the thing. As these watchdog organizations are, are finding and, and exposing, hey, guess what? You know, what was it that had really – who was the worst? Was it Topo, Topo Chico? Topo Chico, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, theirs were way higher than a lot of the others. Well, they sure fixed that afterwards after, right. you know. Because yeah. we don't want – you know outcry that. Yeah. creates change. Absolutely. And so the awareness is important. But I guess the point I'm making is everyone suddenly was all freaked out. I'm like, don't freak out. Knowledge is power. It is okay. But by the way, everyone drinks water, not just fasters. <laughs> but we- <laughs> well, we asked listeners to share some of their questions and struggles related to eating mostly clean and living mainly clean. And so, yeah, that's what we want to talk about now. So we want to see what people have to say, and we'll just briefly talk about them. I don't know. We might run out of time before we get to all of them, but there were so many good ones. I had a hard time. But we first asked listeners, when it comes to eating mostly clean, where do you struggle? And so we were going to talk about some of these ways that people are struggling. So Kim from Illinois wrote, I struggle with eating outside of my home. I buy all of our groceries and I have no problem with eating mostly clean at home, but we travel back home to our parents' neck of the woods often, so it can be difficult to find clean or even cleanish foods to eat while visiting them. Think margarine, Pop-Tarts, frozen waffles, full strength red added sugar, ragu spaghetti sauce, chocolate milk instead of white milk. I don't want to judge their food choices. Because, you know, keep your eyes on your own plate, right? But at the same time, I do not feel well when I eat those types of ultra-processed foods. I sometimes bring my own cleanish alternatives like real butter, nut butter, sourdough bread, fruit, etc. However, I sometimes worry that it appears rude and judgmental to bring my own food. Another issue is budget sometimes, as my family of four can eat quite a bit. I try to shop at Aldi and Walmart, but sometimes I have trouble finding mainly clean options. Yeah, that's a real that's a real struggle that that Kim is sharing. She's right because I mean, we were lucky when Will had his issues. It was easy to say we're going to bring all of our own food because that was like if you have like an allergy, no one thinks twice about I letting you I think it's absolutely okay to say I don't feel well when I eat ultra processed foods. I have found foods that make me feel better and so I've brought them with me and I don't think you should feel bad or ashamed or I agree with you completely. That's that's your right as a human. It feels harder to say. It's easy when it's an allergy is my point. Like if he had a shellfish allergy, I'd be like, we brought all of our own food or we can't eat peanuts or whatever, eggs. But it can feel like like Kim is feeling like it's rude, but we don't think that it is. I don't think it is, Kim. I don't think it is either. But I know it can be hard. And, you know, it also depends on your family and how receptive they are to different things. But just I, like, like you, you said, Sherry, that it makes you feel you don't feel well when you eat that way. 
that is not judgmental at all. You're saying, I don't feel well when I eat this way. And if somebody loves you, they don't want you to feel bad. So, exactly. Right? They're going to say, that oh, is very well, I don't true. want you to feel poorly while you're visiting me. So, yeah, yep. great. And we'll talk about some budget-friendly ways as we go through the book study. And it's also in Cleanish. I have some budget-friendly suggestions in there. So that'll that's definitely something we'll talk about. All right, Nicole from Central California, she said, knowing which foods are most important to buy organic, not just the produce, but dairy, meat, grains, and beans, et cetera, and how to get the most bang for my buck when it comes to reducing the pesticides and weird chemicals in my family's diet. Nicole says, I have gone through periods of going completely unprocessed and organic, but after having a child, convenience started winning out over unprocessed and organic part of the time because I was just in survival mode. It's a slippery slope, and now I feel like I'm kind of starting over and want to find a cleanish balance that is sustainable as a busy mom. So true. Yeah, that is so true. We all live busy lives, especially as wives and mothers. The load falls on us a lot to take care of the kids and the house, but also meals and food. And nobody else is thinking about that. In my experience. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's where the ish comes in, is you've got to figure out, and some periods of your life might be more ish than others, right? (laughs) When you're in that busy time, it's, you know, you do what you can. So we'll we'll talk about that too. That's also addressed in cleanish. So Shelly from North Carolina wants to talk about grains. She says there are such confusing messages about grains out there. Are they good for us? Are they good for our hearts? Are they making us fat and causing leaky gut? I love grains. I've tried to give them up before, but I just like my rice, bread, and crackers way too much. How much can I eat these more in moderation? How can I eat these in more moderation? That's a great question. I actually talk about that in Cleanish as well. So... Here's the interesting thing about our gut and grains. Now, I'm not going to say 100% all guts can tolerate grains. Like if you have celiac, obviously, you got different issues with with what you can't you can't obviously do gluten, but I read a great book on um, fiber-fueled. And anybody who's concerned about their gut health, I would definitely recommend reading fiber-fueled. But in Cleanish, I talk about so many people think that grains destroy your gut. But the problem is if you have an unhealthy gut to start with and then you eat grains, it may make your gut feel worse. But if you have a healthy gut, your gut should be able to tolerate it. So like if somebody's eating the standard American diet, there's very little fiber in the standard American diet. So what I learned is your gut microbiome, the little microbes that live in there, actually start to eat your gut lining. So if you have a really bad diet with not enough fiber in it, your gut microbiome will will digest your gut lining and, and like break it down. And that's when you start to get leaky gut. So once you have leaky gut, then you eat, you're like, well, I'm going to try to do better now. I'm going to add more grains. And then you eat them and you just feel so bad. And you're like, yep, it was the grains. Everyone was right. Grains are bad. But it's really the fact that your gut is unhealthy that's the problem. So you have to work on rebuilding that. And you can. So a healthy gut can tolerate grains. That's exactly what I was going to say. Get the gut healthy and then add the grains. And that doesn't mean everyone is going to work for you. Right. And there's a good way to, I mean, there are ways to amp up your fiber intake that don't involve any grains. That's true. And so, you know, you slowly start to add fiber, eat these whole foods that are going to support good gut health, and then you slowly start to introduce some grains back into your diet. But yeah, grains are not anything to be guilty about eating. And that's the part that makes me so sad because just reading what Shelly said... She said, I've tried to give them up before, but I just like them too much. 
we're, you know, I feel like if we like something a lot, there's a biological reason why. And so we shouldn't feel guilty about it. Grains have been part of traditional diets as long as there have been human people alive on the earth. And if you went back in time and like told people, you know, 500 years ago that you felt guilty for eating, they'd be like, what is wrong with you? We have gotten to the point where we've got so much morality associated with food. Like liking grains makes you a bad person somehow and you're weak. No, it is not. (laughs) Makes me inspired. We're going to have some sourdough bread tonight with our dinner, in fact. And we're not going to feel guilty, and it's going to be amazing. So Julie from San Carlos, California says, I'm a sucker for organic processed foods, chips, crackers, etc. Most organic food is available where I live. Oh, I think she means most of that is, she can get it mostly organic. But tell me the facts about the organic processed foods so I can cut down on eating them, please. That's actually something I do talk about in Cleanish as well. Ultra processed is not Great for your body, even if it's organic ultra-processed. Exactly. Slapping organic on it and creating that ultra-processed food with organic food doesn't suddenly turn it into a health food. That being said, I'm clean-ish, and I do eat ultra-processed foods. You know I love my crackers, right, Sherry? Yes. I love Triscuits. So I buy organic Triscuits. I love Mm -hmm. them. I buy organic Triscuits, and I don't like sit down and eat mostly Triscuits, but I will have some Triscuits, but they're organic, but I have them with some real food as well. Right. But there are certain certain processed organic foods work better for me than others. And it's just a matter of figuring out, you know, how much to put in there and how much you feel, how you feel with it. So next we ask listeners, when it comes to living mainly clean, what challenges do you face? Cynthia said, trying to eliminate the waste of plastic containers and keeping the obesogens out of our house. All that plastic, yuck. I tried to DIY dishwasher detergent, but it left our dishes with haze. I often think I'd like to make a laundry detergent recipe, but then I struggle with how to store it, and will it turn out like the dish detergent? I don't want to give my family rashes because I am not a chemist. I stick to fragrance-free stuff for now. I know there are alternatives like soap nuts, but it's part laziness and part not wanting to explain the crazy new hippy-dippy laundry soap. I get it. (laughs) That's why I like Branch Basics so much, because it doesn't feel weird at all to use it. Right. You, and you, they do you're have glass your containers available. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love it in my laundry. Love it. I was using another, quote, clean brand. And my clothes had this just funkiness to them that I could not ever get washed out. And I kept washing my washing machine and I kept rewashing the clothes. And I switched to Branch Basics. And my first load of laundry, I was like, oh, that funk is gone. I don't even... And- they, do you have the powder stuff that you can throw in there? The oxygen booster? Yep, that's really good. But, you know, I had like something I spilled on Thanksgiving. I spilled something on my shirt before everybody got there. And I was like, well, I got it. It's going to leave a big greasy stain. So I actually just sprayed some, like the all-purpose cleaner because it's the uh-huh, same stuff. I've done that. I sprayed yep. all-purpose cleaner as my stain and I just let it sit and it got it out. And anyway, so it's not crazy. It doesn't feel crazy at all to use it. So Kim from Illinois had something to say here as well. She said, finding affordable alternatives. I've been on the hunt for months for an affordable, easy-to-find shampoo and conditioner that's sulfate-free. She also talked about struggling with laundry detergent and, and so forth. So basically, overall, finding clean things while on a budget. But really, I think Brent's Basics is cheaper by the time you add your own water and I make your own. I think it is, too. And then I think about, too, you're already reducing plastics and stuff because you're getting, like, one bottle of the concentrate 
and then you're making it yourself and you're not lugging home all these you know, jugs and bottles from the store repeatedly. And, you know, your laundry detergent, you're not lugging home this big gallon of laundry detergent. You're just making it yourself at home with water at home. And the shampoo and conditioner, there are so many options out there now. I really just recommend that EWG app. And, you know, really, you can go into the store and barcode scan stuff and just see see where it ranks. And, and it gives it a score. And maybe maybe you don't get a green, you know, but maybe you feel like a two or a three score is good enough, right? Because we're clean-ish. Oh, I was just going to say the way I use the app is I'll look at, I'll like go to the category. I, I found if I'm in the store trying to barcode stuff, a lot of things I try to barcode, they don't pop up. Some of them might, but there's so many products out there. They're not all. And this is the Environmental Working Group um, Healthy Living app, in case people didn't know the full name of it. I talk about this in Cleanish as well. But like when I was looking for changing my hairspray, I went to the hairspray category in the app and just said, all right, what's in there? And I just said, what's the best one? And I found it was like this Alberta VO5 Unscented. It's like the best wow. hairspray. Yeah. And Who so, would think that just a basic that's been around forever hairspray? Yep. So we can get it on Amazon. So I just stock up. I'm out of it right now. So I'm. we're waiting for some to come. You have to plan ahead. I didn't plan ahead. I waited till I was completely out to plan that I needed more. I don't usually do that. I usually have some stashed away, but I reached for this backup bottle and I didn't have it. So, but yeah, so just, you can find it. I mean, it's Alberta VO5. It's, it's easy to find once you find what you like and it's not more expensive. All right, so Nicole, again, from Central California, she said, I do a pretty good job of keeping harmful chemicals out of the house, cleaning products, personal care products, laundry, et cetera, but scented candles have made their way back in over the last few years, even though I know they aren't great. I just love candles. I do have essential oil diffusers, but it's not the same. Plus, I have pets, so I'm careful with diffusing oils. Well, there are people who, I mean, here... I don't know. This is just conjecture for me, but are your scented candles healthy for your pets? That's what I was going to say. Or would you be better off finding an essential oil that is okay for your pets? That's what I would do. Yeah. Dr. Kelly made a recommendation last week on how to find this vet who goes all into which oils are safe to use. There's actually an app called Spoil Your Pets, and you can look up oils on it. I did that yesterday when I took my dog to the dog wash. So you can make your own candles. Lots of people do it. and I mean, you can buy safe candles that are, are there, scented as I say, with there essential are oils. That's what I would do that. I, I 100% because, you know, I it's very easy for me to, to know. You know like, like I use Duke's mayonnaise. It's not clean at all, and I love it. I'm not going to give that up because I don't use mayonnaise all the time. <laughs> but I have some things that I'm like, absolutely not. And one of them is I absolutely will not use any kind of scented product in my home. I know how bad they make me feel, but I don't like anything with the artificial, you know, scents in there. They bother me. They always right. did. When I had allergies, they would I could really tell. So I cut those out a long time ago. But those fragrances, I talk about this in Cleanish, fragrances, they hide so much bad stuff under the keyword fragrance. Fragrance is basically just code for you don't want that. So mm-hmm. you need to find a candle that has um, essential oils that that are safe for you and for your pets. Now, we're really running out of time. You want to jump down to the next question? The next question we asked was, what do you think of your body self-cleaning? What does that mean to you? Yeah, Julie from San Carlos, California, uh, she says, 
Self-cleaning means autophagy for me, recycling cells that aren't optimal. I do wonder how long my body is really self-cleaning if I fast 18 hours a day, meaning how long does my food take to process and then my body can focus on the self-cleaning? Is it really only cleaning for 10 hours versus 18 hours? Yeah, that's a great question, and she's right. You know, if you're a faster and you have an 18-hour fast, we call it 18 hours, but your body is not like in the fasted state. From As soon as you stop eating your dinner or you start your fasting clock then, but your body is still digesting your food. So it's going to work on that as long as it takes, and then it can do the self-cleaning. So no, you're not self-cleaning the whole 18, but you don't have to. But autophagy is also ongoing. Right, it is. So that it, your body knows what to do. If you're giving it a digestive rest, I think if you're fasting for 16, if you're if you're doing even 12 for some 12 to 16, you're going to see some health benefits from from that. And 16 definitely. Right. Yeah, I mean they say 16 hours is a great fast, daily fast for longevity. Yep. Exactly. That's why Chad does it. So Shelly from North Carolina has another another one she sent in. She said, I fast daily for about 16 to 18 hours, and I know this is a self-cleaning time for me, but I do wonder if I should periodically do liver detoxes or special medical cleanses to clean up other organs. I'm just going to go ahead and just tell you, no. <laughs> you do not need to. And I talk about this in the, the self-cleaning part of, of cleanish. Really, we just need to support our bodies through fasting, through the foods we eat. That's really where the magic comes in. If you eat a broad variety of high-quality foods, that's where the cleanses happen in your liver and your kidney. But you need the vitamins. You need the minerals. You need the foods to do that. Your body can't self-clean well without it. I think there is a very small part of the population who may have had heavy exposure to, like, Serious toxins, like and heavy metals, heavy or something. Metals oh yeah, that's in different. their in their life because of yeah. their job or you know whatever. That's a total different thing. Yep. But as a general, do you need to do liver and kidney detoxes? They never stop detoxing ever. <laughs> the way to detox it is put less in and support them as they do their work by eating nutritious foods. Really writing cleanish helped me understand more about why we need to eat a variety of nutritious foods, and it is because we need those nutrients to do the work. I didn't really quite understand all that. I don't know where I, where I was when they were telling us that in school. I was probably talking to my neighbor. <laughs> Pretty sure I was talking to my neighbor. <laughs> well, do we want to end there? I love these two, these last two. The ones from Christy and Cynthia about self-cleaning. Okay. Yeah, I love these two. I just saw our time. Oh, we're all, almost out of time. Okay, 52. we're just going to have to stop. We're almost out of time. All right, everybody, We had. I knew we weren't going to get through it, so we're going to have to stop. They were so good. So we have some cleanish homework. So you have two weeks from today, and I want you to get cleanish, and I want you to read all the way through the end of the Better Living Through Chemistry chapter in Part 1, and then be ready for two weeks from now. We'll talk about the next topic. All right. So before we get to the listener-led lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast. And you probably know by now, Jen and I love our sunlight and saunas, and we have paired up with them to spread the word about the benefits of regular sauna use and to provide our listeners with a special deal. Many people are not familiar with all the health benefits that regular sauna use provides, so I want to give you a few key facts about that. Saunas help your body detox from heavy metals, medications, and hormone disruptors. 
Studies have shown that they help to boost your immunity, which is especially important these days. They decrease inflammation by increasing blood flow to every part of the body, and they penetrate muscles to relieve aches and pains. Saunas also promote healing and improves cardiovascular health. Regular sauna use can improve fat burning and boost metabolism. Sauna also mimics the endorphin release of exercise and promotes relaxation in users. Sunlighten was founded as a result of a personal healing experience with infrared therapy. For more than a decade, the founder suffered from a chronic illness and he relied on traditional medicine to manage his condition. It was only when he discovered infrared saunas that he truly began to heal. Jason founded the company in 1999 to help make more people aware of the remarkable healing power of infrared that he personally experienced. Visit lifelessonscommunity.com and you can find a link to take advantage of our special deal on Sunlight and Saunas by visiting the Shop With Us tab. They have many different sizes and options that will fit your space, no matter how large or small it might be. And by the way, they're a great self-cleaning tool. Talk about them in Cleanish. So here is our listener-led lesson. This is from Grace. Um, She talks about school food pantries. Many high schools and middle schools have food pantries for kids to pick up food to take home for the evening or the weekend. And she said, I discovered that Amazon has some schools listed. Search donation in school to see if yours is listed. And you can donate items directly delivered to the school for the pantry. That's a great way to give and to use Amazon to do it. I didn't know any of that. That was all news to me. At the end of each show, we share a motivational quote from a listener. Today's quote comes from Amy Jo. The quote is simply, be the good. She shared, This is on a poster in my classroom, and it means more that a student had the poster made for me after a life lessons conversation that happened organically several years ago. I teach high school English, and I try to bring as many real-world applications into the literature as I find opportunity. One such day, one of my kiddos said, Mrs. Amy Jo, the world is just worse now than it was when you were our age. This opened a door. I explained that the world isn't worse at all. And then I held up my cell phone. I told my class that the difference now is that bad news loves to spread faster than good news. And we have instant access to all the bad news in the world now that we get it in almost real-time alerts on our phones. I told my kids, they're always my kids, that the best way to combat the bad news is to go out and be the good in the world. That class has never forgotten that mantra of mine. Every now and again, they will text it to me or they'll comment on a Facebook post to me those same words. You don't have to have some grand education or be wealthy. Just go out into the world and be the good in it. Oh, I love that. I do. I love that. And Amy Jo actually lives about maybe four or five hours from me in Mississippi. So one day, one day, Amy Jo, we're going to get together for some Mississippi barbecue. That sounds like fun. So everyone, thanks for joining us today. I'm sad we didn't get through all of that we had, but there was so much more. I could have have talked for hours and hours, as Sherry knows. (laughs) (laughs) So join our Facebook community. It's called Life Lessons with Jen and Sherry. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We would also love for you to leave a review for us on iTunes. That really helps other people find the podcast. Do you have a story to share for our good news segment, a listener-led lesson, or a motivational quote that means something to you? Or do you have an area of expertise that you want to share as our featured guest for the week as we present our weekly life lesson? Please, please, please email us at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com and listen each week to see if we share your story or tip. Can I say something before we sign off? Yes. If anybody is listening and you have never read one of Jen's books, I want you to know, okay, like, 
Jen and I are pretty informal, I'm sure, as you can tell from our podcast. <laughs> and we just talk, 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 right? Her books are written in the same manner. They're not super formal. They're easy to read. And they really do feel like you're having a conversation with a friend. So if this sounds like an intimidating topic to you or you think it's going to be super clinical, it's not. Oh, no. It's it's actually just a really thought-provoking read where you feel like Jen is sitting down having a conversation with you. Good. So, Thank you for, my, for popping that in that's there. That's my blurb. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I try to do because yeah, I'm a teacher. And, you know, the teachers that bored me, I didn't listen to them. <laughs> I was talking to my neighbor, like I said. (laughs) Well, I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.